Blog Talk Radio. Episode two. Thanks for stopping in tonight, and uh, we got a lot to discuss. Actually, it's uh, it's been a pretty uh, hectic day, to tell you the truth, with uh, recent news and especially in the sports world. But uh, tonight, I got uh, my co-host Caden and my uh, good friend Logan, my brother Brady, and of course Butch. Um, I guess so far we'll start off with uh, the USFL. Um, big news there, Caden. Did you want to? throw your two cents in on what, what's been going on there? I mean, there's there's definitely been a lot of exciting news coming out of this uh, this new young, exciting league. And along with, you know, the new the new team they're adding this season, they took away the uh, the Tampa Bay Bandits. But it's it's not really them taking it away. They're more on a, uh, a, more like a, se- a three-season hiatus. They will be back, I think, for season either season three or season four. Um, but they did add a new team called the Memphis Showboats, uh, which is basically the exact same team as the Tampa Bandits, except rebranded and put into a different uh, state, uh, uh, yeah, different state and a different city with new uniforms, new logo, new name, new everything. 
Um, but just this, this recently, just this week, um, I, I don't, I, it might even be today that the, uh, the Pittsburgh Maulers announced their new colors. They more went with the, you know, um, you know, P- you know, Pittsburgh theme with the black and gold. Every every single Pittsburgh uh, professional sports team has the black and gold. The Pittsburgh Riverhounds, the Pirates, the Penguins, the Steelers, the USL teams, even the MLS teams—they all have it. So a lot no, of I. I I completely agree. I love the colors. I thought the prior ones were unique, and I liked those as well. But this new look works for that team and especially for that club. Um, there's also been a bunch of pretty pretty nice signings. Um, I'm going to list a few off. We got uh, Reggie Corbin. He's a running back. Uh, wide receiver Rashad Davis. Spent some time on the, the uh, Jets practice squad. We got uh, wide receiver... Uh, Derek Dillon spent some time on the Browns practice squad this year. Offensive tackle Terry Poole, uh, cornerback uh, Trey Elston, safety Cody Brown. Derek Dillon played for Jones. us. Derek Dillon played for the Bandits, right? Derek Dillon. Yeah, he was on the. Yeah, he was on the Bandits. He was a he tackle. A uh, little hot guy. And pardon. He's a nice flat, a uh, fast slot guy, nice flat, uh, fast wide receiver. Oh yeah, absolutely. He he's nice. He he's uh he's pretty much what you want. But any any players that you guys thought stood out, any signings you you appreciated, any guys you want to talk now, about, Logan? I did. I I, I saw the uh, the Ish Hyman the Ish Hyman signing from and, and last season he did he did ball out for the games that he was given. Um, he was on and off a little bit with a little bit of a uh, an injury, so he didn't play every single game. But the games that he did play in, you know, he he was he was he was a tall, you know, uh, nice route runner. He could get he could get he had the ability to buy a blow past a cornerback and go make the nice athletic athletic play. Finish the season with 15 receptions, 158 yards, and two touchdowns. That's for the minimal games he did play. And he did play. He had a short stint with the Buccaneers and the Browns for the two years that he was in the NFL. And uh, he did play for the uh, Kansas, the Kansas Jayhawks for uh, college football. Um, he's a nice, you know, medium height receiver at standing at six feet tall. He can, you know, tall enough to get over a cornerback and get the ball, but uh, you know, not not extremely tall. Nothing nothing too crazy. Uh, he. Just to preface, uh, he he did play for the Michigan Panthers in season one, and he is yeah. returning. So that, I, I did appreciate that signing. I'm glad they brought him back. It's Jeff Fisher, he let's see what can, let's see what he can do with his talent for sure. Um, Logan, what 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 player did you uh, did you see, and uh, any any details you would like to give on that particular player? Yeah, I watched a little bit of film on Reggie Corbin today, and even though he's very undersized, he is very small. I don't know his dimensions. But it looks like he plays with a chip on his shoulder. You know, he's got a good juke ability, kind of shifty. Kind of like a poor man Saquon, just a lot smaller. <laughs> he's um he's five nine two oh eight. Okay, so I mean weight wise he's not that small. And I had, will uh, say I five hundred he had five hundred nineteen yards, ninety five attempts and two touchdowns. And let's also remember that in the USFL, there's 10 games of regular season plus the three potential games of postseason for particular teams that make it, obviously. So these numbers are going to be smaller than what you obviously see in the NFL, but um, it's a smaller sample size. But obviously, you know, the larger the number, it's it's impressive because, Caden, uh, if you want to go ahead and just talk about Channing Stribling, he's he's coming back confirmed for the uh, Philadelphia oh, yeah. Stars for season two. Did have a short stint with uh, the NFL. I, I heard in the off season. I think he was on and off uh, some practice squads, along with um, along with Reggie Corbin. I'm pretty sure as well. And um, or was that uh, the other? Was that the wide receiver from the Panthers? Was it Reggie Corbin? Uh, uh, Reggie went, Corbin. Has, I, I don't he believe got he got any practice squads. I don't believe he got any practice squad nods, but Derek Dillon and Rashard Ooh. Davis were both on practice squads this uh I this, know it was I guess, a wide receiver. 
on the Cardinals. Oh, um, Bolden. Oh yeah, was, and, uh, Antoine. Uh, I think it's Antoine Bolden, the second. Yeah, Antoine I Bolden. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was very good for the Birmingham Stallions. And then uh, obviously for people that aren't informed, there this is an eight-team league. Um, you got the North Division and the South Division. In the North Division, you have the Michigan Panthers, the Philadelphia Stars, the New Jersey Generals, and the um, Pittsburgh Maulers. Pittsburgh Maulers. Uh, and then in the Southern Division, you have the Birmingham Stallions, the Memphis Showboats, the Houston Gamblers, and the New Orleans Breakers. And then as Caden previously stated, the Tampa Bay Bandits are on a hiatus. I don't know when the club will be revived. They were probably the least popular team on social media, so they 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 made a smart move business-wise and moved to a hotter market. So I, I respect that. And they're building each team up in their own market, respectively. Coaches are staying. A few have gone, obviously, due to personal reasons. And obviously, not all the teams are playing in their respective cities, which the goal is apparently by season three to have all eight teams in their respective cities. So that's going to be interesting to see. Um, especially with the new competition in the XFL, which is ESPN slash Disney's league. But let's see what Fox can do here with the USFL. And, uh, Brady, did you want to talk about a player? Yeah. My bad to leave you out uh, with that, actually, man. I actually uh, think that the USFL will be pretty um, pretty successful now that, you know, they're actually on a year two. XFL never got to year two. So you got a strong – I feel like that if this if this league can – start sourcing players in the NFL and actually getting a little more funding after this contract they have with Fox. I think this, this league can actually grow to be a little bit bigger and actually have a second football league in America. No, I, I definitely agree with that a hundred percent. And and maybe even more than just two, you know, maybe, maybe the XFL and the USFL can coincide. That's what I would support. I'd love to see year long, you know, semi pros last year. Pro football, that's, you know, awesome. It's better than, you know, watching baseball year long, in my opinion, but that's just me. But, uh, Aiden, uh, or heck, even Logan, you, you're a Giants fan, so you had to watch Kevontae Turpin sometimes this year. What did you think of him being the USFL MVP season one? How do you think he translated into the NFL, if you would say, because he made all pro as a uh, special teams returner? which is incredibly impressive coming off of pretty much his rookie season, kind of an old rookie, but technically his rookie season. What do you guys think of Cavante? Go down the line here. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I think he performed well for, you know, where they got him from. I mean, all-pro kicker turner out of nowhere. I mean, a Hall of Fame signing right there. But, I mean, out of all the kicker turners in the, in the league this year, there wasn't that many, you know, good ones. So the fact that he stood out among, you know, who is it? It was him and Naheem Hines, I guess. I mean, I thought he like, made a pretty good signing. Jamal Agnew is the average. I just think that when you get, you know, Kevante Turpin, a guy that that's pretty much a rookie, just fresh out of nowhere, and he, he comes in and gets all pro, that's a pretty impressive uh, thing, especially, you know, for the USFL because he's a USFL Pretty much just a prospect straight out of there, so I feel like that's an impressive sign. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't for the USFL, he would have never got a shot. Mm-hmm. With the development well, that he's shown through these past, you know, I, I don't think he's had longer than three weeks off of playing football this entire, like, this is like all these collective seasons because when the USFL season stops, NFL season starts. So he, had, he played an entire USFL season and then went all the way to the NFL, played an entire NFL season plus playoffs. I mean, he's played he's played a ton of football in the past year, you know, a year and a half. And um, for him to be still playing at this this quality for this this much consistency is it, crazy. I remember week one, I, I, I had to tune in to watch his, watch his first kick return. And because before in preseason – he um he I, he had a punt return touchdown and a kick return touchdown in the same game, so I I had to tune in for for um for the first for the first kick return. I'm not a Dallas fan, but I was a Cavante Turpin fan, so I was cheering for him when when he when he made a good return, even though it's kind of like a double you know du- double edged sword. You know, I, I want to cheer for Cavante, but I also have to cheer for the Cowboys, so that that kind of sucked. 
but it was it was very fun watching a a, a versatile, uh, fast, uh, you know, you know someone someone who really brings a, a juice to the offense, someone that are, that are really being you know uh, confidence to the offense before it comes out into the field, you know, lead winning drive or something, yeah, you know, yeah. Because yeah, Lord, like you were knows, saying, Lord knows that needs everything to win. Right. Yeah. But like you were saying, I mean, he's played so much football in the past couple of months. Especially as a return man, you know, return men take a lot of hits. So, I mean, every time they return a kick, I guess. But it's, it is a physical position, so it's not something to be taken lightly. And I know during the regular season, he didn't get a touchdown on a return or anything like that. But he provided great field positioning for – I would say, you know, on paper, top five offense, but obviously Dak Prescott being Dak Prescott, you know, that's a discussion nah, for a little later. I, I agree, on. though. Cowboys do definitely have a, one of the best offenses in the NFL, regardless of Dak's mistakes he makes. When they're on, I mean, they can keep up with anybody in the NFL. Well, says for itself. One, one last comment on the USFL. I just wanted to just throw out this little bit of information that they're partnered with Hub Football, which, heck, it might be a place near you if you're an aspiring football player that didn't get the spotlight or the, uh, you know, uh, commitment to a, a big school or something like that. They do local tryouts and stuff, and USFL scouts are always there. And uh, you can, you know, broadcast your talent and show what you got. Just wanted to throw that little tidbit out there, I guess you can say. And we would love, we would love to any of our listeners, we would love to have any young aspiring athlete to come onto our show and, and spread his story and, and, and try and get his shot. I, I completely agree with that. And seriously, that the line is open for anyone looking for a little bit of a, you know, I guess a a megaphone, if you will, you know, but, um, help us help you. (laughs) Aiden, um, I guess we'll make a little segue here. This past weekend, big weekend for UFC. Let's go ahead and talk about it. Did you want to take a lead here? Go big, ahead. Big, yeah, big weekend for for UFC. We had UFC 283. We're coming in uh, coming in hot to this to this event because at the time before this event, there was no current light heavyweight champion uh, because of the Jan Blachowicz Magomedov Ankalaev tie. Uh, split division tie. There is no uh, light heavyweight champion because also because the former light heavyweight champion vacated it, uh, had to go to get surgery and vacated the title. But uh, he is he's working his way back to recovery. But enough with that. The new light heavyweight champion against against fighting uh, Glover Teixeira for the vacant light heavyweight championship is Jamal Hill. And there's a very very, very special thing about Jamal Hill. I remember when he fought Johnny Walker, and he absolutely slumped him. And there was a meme of Johnny of Johnny Walker's face, you know, just just planted against the canvas, you know, in between the cage and his chest, and he, his face looks all squashed. And the man who who's responsible for that photo is Jamal Hill. And with with all due respect to to uh, John Jones and 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 uh, some other you know, very hard-hitting uh, light heavyweights right now. I think that he, right now, currently, current UFC fighters, I think he has the most power in that in, in that division. He's, he, he hit, he hit uh, Glover Texia with the most significant strikes in a single light heavyweight uh, fight in UFC history with 232. Now, another big news. There is a new featherweight champion in Brandon Moreno. Brandon Moreno... Uh, versus Davidson Figueroa, this fight has been going on for ages. I think the, la- the first time they fought each other was back in 2019, I want to say. And since then, there's only been one other uh, fighter that's ever fought for the title, and that was Kai Kira France, and it was only for an interim title against Brandon Moreno. So that, that, that division has been completely swallowed up by those two with, with, with – you know, with all the reason, because they are the two most dominant fighters in that in that division, and Brandon Moreno coming off and and and, and going into this fight, knowing this is the last time he's ever going to get a shot at Davidson Figueroa. Same thing for Figgy. Last time he's going to get a shot at at Brandon Moreno, and this is their fourth fight. It was their fourth fight. First time in UFC history there've been four fights between two fighters, and Brandon Moreno and went out there and outclassed him 
all three rounds of the fight. Outclassed him, hit him with a big right, got that got that eye leaking, and after a while he just kept on beating down on it in the middle of round three. Davidson Figueroa was called into the corner and was asked to step out of the octagon from the doctor. And, you know, kind of a bum ending to a four round to to a four to a four fight um series, but you know, they 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 gave us some amazing fights and and a good ending. I, I love Brandon Moreno and everything he stands for. And for him to get this far in his UFC career is extremely inspirational. Yeah, I like him too. Um, Caden, what are your thoughts on Glover Teixeira's retirement? Now, Glover Teixeira, there's a big, there's another big retirement on that card. Shogun Rua retired. Um, in in in, in the pre- long time. Yeah, Shogun Rua was fighting. You know, he's the same guy that John Jones took his title from when John Jones became the, the youngest UFC champion in UFC history. He went out there and absolutely killed Shogun Rua. But Shogun Rua, absolute legend of the sport. If you've been around uh, UFC yeah, or just MMA in general, you know who this guy is. He, at one point, was the biggest, baddest man on the planet. And he was unstoppable. Absolute, amazing career. You know, um, hooray to him. And Jose Aldo was, was inducted into the UFC Hall of Fame. I don't know if you saw that. The Brazilian fans absolutely sucked. They were throwing stuff at the fighters. They were booing. They weren't hyped. I, UFC should never do a card there ever again. Robert Texier also amazing. Um, uh, I just want to point this out. For him to go out on the way he did in, in a championship fight when he's 41, you know, bravo to you, sir. You've had an amazing career. Most yeah, I didn't watch the fight. Not. I didn't watch. I didn't watch the fight. I don't know how he did, but you know, to go out with a championship had, fight. I mean, that's, he's, he's a championship-worthy fighter. Forty-one. You're a great fighter. Yeah. yeah. Solidified. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Um, Anything else happened uh, eventful, Caden, this weekend that uh, um, you mean, want to talk about? You want to talk more about the uh, USC cards? Uh, Logan, you got you got any more? What about uh, nah. Or the uh, the oh, the next man. fight is actually Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis is fighting next against Sergey oh, Spivak. It's a fight night. Sergey right? Spivak so, so is going to go out there. What do you say? John Jones has like an eight fight card. Is he going to fight Derek Lewis? No, no, no. I, I mean, he could <laughs> fight Derek Lewis. You never know. Yeah, man. Um. But Derek Lewis is probably going to go out there and get embarrassed again, sadly. Um, I love Derek Lewis. I, I wish him the best in everything he does. I think he's one of the funnest, funniest UFC fighters out there. One of my favorites. But right now is not a good point in his career. Maybe you know, 10, 10 or 5 years ago, I'd say this is easy money for Derek. But right now, it, it's iffy. Iffy for him. Iffy for his future. I don't think there's a championship in his future. Brady, what do you think about that? About who again? Sorry. Derek Lewis. Derek, yeah, Derek Lewis. Uh, uh, he's a real. He's 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 a show. He's a good show. You know, he's a good showman. He's a good fighter. He has power. He, he can wrestle, but he can't win the big fights. You know, he gets knocked out. You know, tied to Avasa. He he just gets knocked out in the big moments that that he needs to. Uh, to move into uh, championship positions. So, with Sean Jones back in the race, uh, I'm not sure if Derek Lewis can, can get a, get another title shot in his career. Now, this is a question, I guess, for every single one of you, because I know you all enjoy UFC. Um, what was your most memorable fight from last year? Let's just recap 2022, I guess you could say. Um, I guess I'll go first. Um, the most memorable fight for me was Michael Chandler's knockout. I mean, that was insane. I mean, it's one of the best knockouts of all time. It, and you don't even hear about it anymore. I think it needs more respect. I mean, that was a hell of a kick. <laughs> Knocked him out clean cold. And obviously, uh, Leon Edwards against Kamar Usman is up there for me. Yeah. I was going to say Leon that's, that's Edwards. That's definitely a big one. But for yeah. me personally, Michael Chandler, that, that was my favorite moment. I like Charles Oliveira's run, Oliveira's run too. You know his run, the eventually championship. 
But sadly, he did get taken down by uh, uh, what's his name? He did get taken down at the end of the year, towards the end of the year. Islam Makachev. Mm-hmm. Islam Makachev. I mean, I mean, I say one of the best knockouts still has to be that Leon Edwards fight. I remember sitting there in my grandma's, uh, my grandma's guest guest room, sleeping. Um, it was my dad's weekend, and I was I was there watching the fight in bed, and I had to go there, run over, wake my dad up, be like, "Oh my God, you're not gonna believe what happened. He knocked him out in the fifth round." And <laughs> it was it was it was an, an eventful an eventful night for me. I had to go take five in the bathroom. I, I had to go take five and, and and calm down because that was one of the craziest finishes to a fight I've ever seen. <laughs> So they're unexpected. fighting again soon, right? So unexpected. I'm pretty sure they fight again soon, right? Yeah, they're gonna fight in England. I'm pretty sure. But um, really, man, that's crazy. One, one of the greatest fights I've ever seen that I, like nobody knows about, nobody watched, and I can't even find it on the uh, like any anywhere I look up, I can't find the full fight. I have to I have to buy ESPN Plus for it. But it's a Landwehr versus Onama. Anybody who knows that fight knows exactly what I'm talking about. Absolute three three round war with David Onama versus uh, Nate Landwehr. Like two absolute legends of the game. They were they were taunting each other all all through the match. Very very fun fight. Very fun. Very rewatchable. Oh, another one of my other favorite USB moments from last year was. Uh... Luke Rockhold's last fight. He just bleeding out all over the guy's face, rubbing it all in his face. All over, um, all over uh, Paulo Costa. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, the secret juice. So I guess we'll go into um, the NFL. Um, big weekend this past weekend. Not gonna lie, kind of a kind of a shocker tell you the truth. I, I didn't expect what, I guess, the outcomes were by any means. I, I expected the 49ers to win, to tell you the truth. They're just a sound team. But the Bills, I mean, 10 points. I mean, what do you guys, what are we What are we thinking about that? That's that's a shocker. You know, Trevor, right? I've, been saying you this, I've been saying to you this all year. What have I been saying to you? That Josh Allen is overrated. I, those, those, be him leading the league in turnovers, is is insane, and for him to go into that to that stadium and and, and expect to, to to rally his 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 crowd and go take on Joe Burrow in the snow, and he goes out there and puts on ten points, like he almost got beat by Skylar Thompson last week. Going into that game, it, it had to be easy for Joe, for 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 the Bengals. I, I, you know, I think now we have to start looking at if if Burrow beats. If Burrow beats Mahomes next season, I say we start saying Burrow over Mahomes. Well, I think Burrow's that's the best definitely uh, not crazy. It's not a crazy thing to say. No, it, yeah. I agree with that statement 100. I, I think Mahomes is MVP this year, though. Definitely, yeah, I think Mahomes is MVP. Yeah, Joe Burrow can beat him here. That would be an insane upset. But it's. It's the face-to-face matchups that matter most, though. I mean, Patrick Mahomes still has yet to beat Joe Burrow. And we'll see on, what do they play, Sunday? Yeah, so we'll, we'll see on Sunday. But, I mean, Joe, Mahomes has yet to beat him. Oh, so. the, the yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, Chiefs are at home. And I, I, I agree. Mahomes, I think Mahomes is MVP this year. But I think Burrow will finish definitely top three in voting. Oh, um, yeah. But, I mean, no, that's, that's not crazy. It's not a crazy thing to say. I mean, Burrow puts up just... Mahomes is definitely a lot more flashy than Joe Burrow is, so who do more no look sidearm throws. But if you want, if you want to gotta go down yeah, there, when you get, get you a touchdown. Right, exactly. I mean, Joe Burrow produces just as much as Mahomes does, and he he beats he wins the head he wins the head to head matchup. So, you know, I, I look but, at Joe Burrow as a natural born winner. He has that stuff in his blood. You know, the stuff that makes that winners are made out of. He's got it. He's made of that stuff. The, you can see it in the way he carries himself. The way that he throws the football, and the way he steps up in the pocket, you can see that when he's on the field, he he tries to be him. He tries to have the whole game centered around his how he wants to play. 
Yep. He's you know confident. that game manager. Very confident. It's, it's the same confidence that Tom Brady has. But uh, oh, yeah. dialing back to um, what you said about Buffalo, not only do I think is Josh Allen overrated, I think the Buffalo Bills as a whole might be a little bit overrated. I mean, this is three years in a row now that they, they haven't been able to win oh, a yeah. big game. I mean, last year and, it, it wasn't on Josh Allen. Go ahead. Yeah, this year it's a lot worse than it's ever been, though. Right, right. This year, I mean, we saw throughout the season, Josh Allen has moments where he looks like rookie Josh Allen or second-year Josh Allen, not MVP Josh Allen. Go out there and they have 17 points. They're struggling to get first downs. Gabe Davis hasn't even had his – he has not been involved all season. You saw when he was involved last year what happened. They lost to a coin toss, essentially. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think serious changes need to be made in Buffalo. Like, I think they definitely need a more explosive receiver around Josh Allen. But, you know, something's not right there. I mean, if Tua played against Miami, I, I bet Tua would have beat them. And 10 points in the divisional round, I mean, Stephon Diggs is unhappy now. So, I mean, yeah. we'll, we'll see what happens, but – and, uh, some, and something definitely needs to change. When, when the you question start is, out, I'm not saying it's play alike, but in, in comparisons to their career, what I really don't want for Josh Allen is for him to turn into Philip Rivers. Always have that guy who's going to be better than him in his, in his division and in his conference. There's always going to be someone that might he has to push over that narrative and he has to be the best uh, quarterback in, in the league. If he really wants to push you and beat Mahomes and beat Burrow, he has to prove that he's the guy. He's number one. I'm going to carry he my team to the championship and win. He needs to play smarter for sure. The Bills, in my opinion, are equivalent to the Minnesota Vikings in the NFC. And they'll they'll win a lot of games in the regular season, but obviously, like you guys have stated, in the postseason, when it matters, they fumble yeah, the bag. They, they haven't had a good record in the postseason. Cowboys. I, I truthfully believe that it is coaching. They obviously have a good GM. They get talent in the building. They have great offensive weapons. I don't think Josh Allen is the problem because talent essentially is never the problem. If they can get a guy that can actually utilize him as a true weapon and give him a solid run game like you guys were talking about, maybe even a, 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 a top 25 O-lineman this year, some, someone you can develop, maybe go after that position, offensive tackle or guard in the free agency market. They need to help that offense a little bit, boost it up because they have competition. Like you said, the Bengals are clearly better than them. They just smack them. And then obviously the Chiefs and the Chargers are here and there, obviously, but it, it's they're in a tough conference and they can't be mediocre. That, that's the conference you cannot just be mid in or just unreliable in general. And that's what they've kind of become over the past couple of years. So we'll have to see what happens with the Bills. I do want to take a break to appreciate the beauty of that game. We don't get a lot of games like that. Those snow games, especially playoffs. You know, I was talking with my dad and my Aunt Lisa about this, about the amount of snow games and epic snow games, you know, from, from back then to now, we don't get them as much. And I feel those crazy snow games that we do get now, we have to cherish those uh, accordingly because there's uh, there's not many left. There's, for some reason, we're seeing less and less snow games. And I, I, I it's, it is definitely weird, but um, the ones that they do have now are just are just crazy. That one was that w- definitely a great game. Whether you, the, the performance was poor or not from Buffalo, amazing game. Um, and you bring that snow game up real quick. I just want to shout out the uh, the Twitter account for the show. It's at Tea Time Reports. If you guys haven't checked that out, we kind of report on everything from USL to Premier to Syria to USFL to NFL to UFC, all that good stuff. So just make sure to give us a follow and maybe hit that notification button on there as well. Go ahead, Logan. Sorry to interrupt you like that. Um, Caden, back to what you're saying about Josh Allen being like the next Philip Rivers. To me, that's not what I'm scared of. It's just there's so many good young quarterbacks in the AFC that he has to compete with all of them. I mean, Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is young. He's coming up. He's ascending. I mean, Lamar Jackson is still there. I mean, the the AFC is stacked. So if he's, you know, making silly mistakes and not not cutting up his game, they're not going to 
they're not going to win the, the big the playoff games when it matters. And for the next five, ten years, you're going to be dealing with these, these same quarterbacks. So, maybe one big, of these years, I think it's going to be Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Um, the uh, the big letdown of the season was uh, Justin Herbert for me, you know, because that team, especially in off season, all those crazy off season moves they made with J.C. Jackson, Khalil Mack, um, they, they they got some more big time players, and they all added them to defense to make that defense absolutely locked down. And this they they before before the league started, I was okay, you know this. They're going to be the scariest defense in the league, and I think they're real deal Super Bowl contenders. And for them to come off and be beatable, be very beatable easily, uh, especially twenty-seven point lead. <laughs> they're supposed to be. They're supposed to be the chief killers. They're supposed to go in there and win win their conference out of nowhere and, go, and make a playoff first. You know that division's supposed to be stacked, and it is stacked. But, you know, the division that they're in is extremely hard. And I'm not going to blame them for you know, not living up to ex- expectations. But when you pour that much money into your team, and especially defense, and they didn't perform at all, I'm going to say at all, but they didn't perform to the level that you wanted them to perform for the money that you spent, it's definitely very disappointing. And they had a very lackluster season. No, I agree. I mean, J.C. Jackson, they signed into a huge deal and. He's kind of mediocre, then he got hurt, he's out for the season. Hello, yeah. Mac. I mean, he, he's past his prime now, so oh. I don't know. I mean, Joey Bosa is still really good, but I, I agree. I mean, they're built to beat the Chiefs, but it doesn't mean they're built to beat anybody else, really. I think coaching is yeah. holding them back a lot. I mean, if they were to go ahead and get Sean Payton, that'd be awesome, but I don't know about that. They can't beat the Chiefs. Right. They can't even. I mean, I think they did one time this year, didn't they? I don't know. Uh, I got sweet. Really? I could be wrong, though. We apologize um, for the, the background. But, I mean, to the state of the NFL right now, I mean, this this playoff picture that we have now, it's uh, uh, Bengals versus Chiefs, another a, a great rematch from last year. And again, again, back when we're talking about you know Joe Burrow emerging as one of the best quarterbacks in the league, especially in this late season push, um, you know the stuff that we've seen from uh, uh, the stuff that we've seen from, from from Joe Burrow this year, especially the Bengals, has been outstanding. And I feel like it's 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 you have to give them the due respect that 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 they deserve. You know, last season people called it a fluke. People call their, their playoffers a fluke, and I, I, I feel like right now they're proving everyone wrong. You know, it, it, it wasn't a fluke. They're obviously back in better form than ever been. They're just coming off a win from the Bills. They got the momentum behind them. They got the wind in their sails. It's, it's perfect time for them to jump ahead and, and, and steal the show. Go, go, go to the Super Bowl again. Hopefully against the Eagles, and the Eagles. We'll whoop them, hopefully. Um, There's a – oh, go ahead, Logan. Sorry. Uh, yeah, my prediction, it's hard. It's, it's, it's tough. I think the more fun matchup will definitely be Eagles versus Chiefs or Eagles versus Bengals. But the 49ers defense is just so good. I mean, I think it's going to be a slugfest in that game. I think it's going to be a lot lower scoring than people think. Like twenty to seventeen, twenty four to twenty, something around that level, and then Super Bowl. I mean, I don't even know. It's it's, it's I think it's Super hard. Bowl could go either way in scoring, because the AFC will give you a blowout, and the NFC will give you a defensive gritty battle, and that's what I want to see in the Super Bowl: the the split of uh, of of how can an offensive like threatening talented. Uh, side go against a gritty, you know, defensive side, and I really like to see how the Super Bowl is going to end up. Whichever teams it is, it's going to be interesting. Brady, who do you um, think is going to be Super Bowl by chance this year? Oh man, are we going to do Super Bowl predictions? I think. Oh man, I, I think it's going to be Bengals. 
in the AFC and the NFC. I, I think it might be the Eagles. That that would be an interesting Super Bowl. AFC, I mean, it's a toss-up, but Mahomes is not fully healthy, so I'm going to go with the uh, Bengals. And in the NFC, I mean, the Eagles are a complete team. I mean, it's this year never for them. There's so many pending free agents, guys that are going to retire soon. I want to go with them, but my gut tells me to go with defense. And, you know, defense with championships. I think 49ers defense is going to come up clutch. They're going to get some stops on Hurts. Um, and I think Purdy will just play his game, you know, not make mistakes, make the easy reads, make the easy throws. And then obviously me as a Giants fan, I, I don't want Philly to – I don't want Philly to win the Super Bowl. But, yeah, so I'm going to go with 49ers and Bengals. And then I'm going to say Bengals win it all this year. Bill Burrow gets his ring. Caden, who do you predict? I, you know, I, I do, uh, I, I, I do like that take, Logan, uh, of Joe, of Joe Burrow going all the way and winning it. But I, I am going to disagree with you on one, on one thing there. In that 49ers game, I think you know, watching the Eagles, watching the Eagles game. And then going straight, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit biased. I'm an Eagles fan. But watching that Eagles game and then going straight after and watching that, that Cowboys-49ers game, I honestly didn't care who won. I'm very confident that we can beat either of those teams. Now, I, I am aware that those are two of the best defensive teams. That's why it was low scoring and the offenses look lackluster. But, you know, the Eagles, they, they, are, they have no bad – they're no slouch on, on, on defense. And they have a better no, offense not at all. than I think. Yeah, they, they have a better offense than um, than, than the Forty ers You know, with like, Brock Purdy, definitely. You know, a good. I, I can say this. I think we can safely say this now. A good quarterback right now. And but there's still, you know, I I still see flaws in his game. He, you know, they don't really want him to 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 go extremely deep and take those massive shots, which he doesn't have to. Because um, he has playmakers on his offense that can do those for him, like Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, who can take the ball and make their own plays. And George Kittle, you know, too. Their the offense is perfectly fine with that. But I do think that with our edges on offense and our more, you know, us being a more complete football team, I think we can edge them out in a very close but, you know, tough battle. And as far as the Super Bowl goes, you know, Patrick Mahomes is hurt, so I think he won't be full, you know, f- you know, fully ready, fully healthy, fully mobile, but, you know, with the spirit that he has, you know, he'll play, you know, he- he'll probably just chop that leg off and play anyway um, with what we saw the other night. And he was still destroying that defense with one leg. It was, it was, it was a very entertaining game. And, you know, with him going beast mode like that, I think he can – he has what it takes to, to narrow out the uh, the Bengals and go to the Super Bowl, but you know with Joey Burrow being on the the the, the hunt and, and and the run that he's on, playmakers that he has in Jamar Chase and T Higgins and T Higgins could be could go be a wide receiver one on any other team. He has what it takes to be a wide receiver one on any other team. It just you know Jamar Chase is there now that so so. So threatening with that with, with that vertical threat and that uh that that speed that they have and with that speed that they bring the offense that they bring I think they can edge out the Chiefs and go to the Super Bowl and uh, you know from that I'm gonna obviously I'm gonna go with the Eagles winning it. Yeah, my pick would probably have to be I, I would assume that the Bengals are gonna beat an injured Patrick Mahomes because Joe Burrow is Joe Burrow. Um, and then, honestly, like, I, I agree with the Eagles pick over the 49ers. I think they have a, a solid defense and probably the best coach um, out of these teams that uh, Brock Purdy has co- uh, played against. So I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the Eagles here. And then for my Super Bowl pick, I'll probably wind up – I think it's going to come down to a turnover or, you know, a big play, a big, you know, momentum swift shifter. So we'll see what it comes down to, but I'm probably gonna wind up going with the Eagles. And I, you know, my family's an Eagles, you know, family, so it's not a biased pick. I just think it's gonna come down to maybe Darius Slay gets a nice pick, or you know, Bradbury's been having a great year, had a pick against uh, 
Daniel Jones. Sorry, uh, Logan. <laughs> but uh, hey, I mean, uh, he, he, he's an all-pro player. Came from us. So. He, and, and honestly, I think Joe Burrow as a quarterback is better than Jalen Hurst, but I think that the Eagles have a superior defense compared to the Bengals. And don't get me wrong, the D-line on the Bengals is nasty. They get after it. But their cornerbacks, Eli Apple, he just let, he gets me scared. He gets me scared sometimes. So, I mean, A.J. Brown over there, I, I, you know, what's he going to do? What is what is Eli Apple going to do against A.J. Brown? Tell me. Anyone? Hey, I mean, right, Eli right. Apple did just lock down Stephon Diggs. <laughs> but, I mean, A.J. Brown is just a different animal. Has anyone locked him down this year? Yeah, he had some games where he's hasn't done that good, I mean, but when he's, not, when he's not doing good, it means Devontae Smith's doing good. Or the rushing the all that game. Or, you know, yeah. Gardner is in, you know. But, like, I'm, I'm just saying A.J. Brown will be that X factor in that Super Bowl. It's going to come down to, you know, a big, deep crosser or, hell, he, he might even take a slant 90 yards to the house. That guy is a beast. I, I really like him as a player, and I think the Eagles stole him from the Titans, but that's a different story. Um, but, yeah, let's talk about that Dallas game real quick. What, what are we thinking about Dak Prescott, the Cowboys, Mike McCarthy, Jerry Jones? I want to talk about the Cowboys, honestly. I, like They're a good team in the regular season, but genuinely a disaster organizationally and coach-wise in the postseason. I don't know what it is. Are they cursed? Dak Prescott has identical win-loss stats to Tony Romo. Are they going to get out of that now? Is it going to be later? Is he just stuck there? Is anyone taking that contract? Caden, go ahead and just give me some thoughts on that, man. Hey, before you do that, Trevor, uh, something just came over the line that uh, after the uh, final play, uh, Dak Dak Preston uh, threw his helmet, but it was intercepted. <laughs> that, that that actually makes sense. That'd be what his like 18th. Like, it, 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 what are we doing? Probably, probably how is more. He making, how is he making more than? Oh, I, I don't know. I, Most quarterbacks in the NFL. No, oh, like yeah. seriously, how is how is he making more than the guys that are you know out you know changing tires and stuff? Like, I, I don't get that. Is I don't know how you're paying to be missed. But after, I, I, I think Joe might – Joe's going to get a fat check. Oh, he's going to step the market. Yeah. No, well, next is Lamar. Lamar has to get paid. Uh, then I think it's Hurts uh, and Burrow. They're, they're up next. Yeah, these type of leagues, you got to set the market, you know. Dak set the market. Oh, well, really? Well, now it's Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson mm-hmm. really set the market with the guaranteed money. No, I – Absolutely, but the market gets set every so often, so I yeah, imagine big every, money is going to be thrown. Every new contract, it. and we'll Absolutely. see what Lamar will get. I don't think it's going to be with the. I, it's not going to be with the Ravens. I do want to kind of focus in on the Cowboys' loss. I watched the game. It was funny to see them lose. You know, that's obviously just a fan talk coming out of me there. I, I, it, it was just, it's just the same old Cowboys to me. They, they stutter their quarterback and their key pieces either get injured, sadly, on injury. I don't want anyone to get injured. but Or they make a mistake or a crucial error. And those two interceptions that Dak threw were terrible. They were terrible. They, they were, the, the second one was into double coverage to CD. Like, I don't, I don't know what he was thinking. Uh, I, I don't know what they do with him. I don't know what they do with Mike McCarthy. Has he run his course there? And does Jerry Jones at this point just throw his hat in? <laughs> what do you guys think? He won't do it. Um, my take on it is the Cowboys are stuck with Dak. No one will take that contract. They're, they can't release him. They're stuck with him. Um, but just look how the organization has, organization has been ran the past 30 years or so. I mean, it's been so long since they won a championship, but they've kept the same philosophy. It's not a bad philosophy. You know, they play good defense. They run the football. I mean, how you win games, but they just can't seem to do it when it matters most. Like like you said before, the great in the regular season, but when it comes to the nitty gritty and comes to playoff times, they they choke. Dak chokes. He shows what he really is. 
I mean, he showed it all this season. I mean, he led the league in picks after missing like five, six games. How you do that, I don't know. But I think it's Jerry. I think it starts at the top. It's Jerry Jones. That's what starts at first, and then it's everything down. So they won't make changes, but I think they need. I think they need to make a change. But I, I think McCarthy's gonna stay. I don't know. I don't know who they get in the term. Maybe Sean Payton. I, don't, I mean, that'd be a good hire, but. McCarthy's got them this far. I think he, I think he stays there, but I think we're going to well, be stuck mean, with the same old Dallas for a while. Well, I mean, think about this though. If I, if I'm Kellen Moore or Dan Quinn, I'm getting the heck out of there. I'm getting a job. You know, I'm a young OC. I'm a I'm a you know a veteran a vet DC. Why am I not just going to get the Panthers job? Why am I not going, you know, elsewhere? You know, it's clearly just going to be a repetitive pattern with at least but this team. McCarthy is it deserve it. I did see I did see Bill, Bill, Bill O'Brien got uh, hired by uh, as the OC for the Patriots. For New England. Yeah, Patriots yeah, from, from Alabama. Be, you know, good coach, we'll terrible he, GM. <laughs> honestly, not a yeah. bad OC. Absolutely, just terrible GM. Water. That's the only reason uh, why. Horrible GM, horrible head coach, destroyed the Texans forever. Good, good he's a good, <laughs> good offensive coordinator. I wouldn't even call him a bad head coach either. I mean, they were good when he was there. Just once he got no, full range as a GM. He, he was the guy behind Deshaun Watson in his, I guess, upbringing, and uh, um, he he put up monster numbers. He got D Hop, you know, he had pieces, and he just destroyed it. He, he threw yeah, he, it in the fire. He had them in the playoffs every year. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. before what happened, before what happened with him, um, you know, he was getting Randall Cunningham uh, 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 comps. He was saying he was playing like Randall Cunningham, and you know the quality of play that he was putting out and the way he was carrying his team, I can agree with those. He was no, he I mean, was very good was, now, he wasn't he was top five quarterback. Now. I mean, he was he, was, he, he definitely was, was top five quarterback. Right up there with Mahomes, in my opinion. Back at back then, oh, yeah. but not anymore. <laughs> well, yeah, Mahomes was we were there, but um, well, like Russell Wilson, up he was up there with Russell Wilson and stuff. Yeah, I, I agree. Going I mean, back to yeah. the bullet, Bill O'Brien, we, uh, you know, he made good choices like that. Then you, I mean, then you take a look left, and then you see that Brock Osweiler signing, or that David Johnson trade. Or the the D Hop trade, so it's going to be interesting. He obviously will have no authority whatsoever in the Patriots hierarchy because it's you know Bill Belichick and it's very military style up there, and that's you know the way they run their club. And I you know I respect it. It's obviously gotten great. I think anything's better than what they had though. I mean Joe Judge and, and who was it? No, no, Matt no. Patricia, I, I, I think mean. he's. <laughs> I think he's an upgrade, but what I'm saying is maybe after a year of a good offensive efficiency output, maybe someone's going to give the guy a job again. And, you know, I, yeah, I want to see never a know. cycle <laughs> of new now, player head coaches. Don't give him any executive um, uh, authority any yeah. <laughs> to, to, to do anything with the team's future at all, except for coach. You have yourself a good O.C., Fresh out of uh, Nick Saban, fresh out of number five team in the country, you know, in Alabama, with working with uh, young minds like like Bryce Young, who uh, might go on to shape the league. Um, you know, he he definitely had his hands on some bright young minds all across the league. And, yeah, and, and, and Bryce Young is different coming in the league. You know, as a top three pick prospect. Um, I think he'll definitely bring some quality to Mac Jones, and he did work with Mac Jones as his OC yes, he did. back in Alabama. Yep. When Mac Jones was uh, in Alabama, Philip Bill O'Brien was the OC of Alabama, and that chemistry they have, they worked really well in Alabama together, and the chemistry they have, uh, I think, will translate into the the, uh, the NFL. We'll have to see because I, I, I'm i a doubter on Mac Jones. I saw serious regression this year. I know he dealt with injury and obviously Matt Patricia, but it, it's, I you know, I, I don't like to see that in year two. I like to see a little bit more flash and you understand the game more, but there was a point where he had two touchdowns and five picks this year and he, you know, it was, it was bad, you know, and I, 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 
I get I get worried, especially at the quarterback position at a young age, you know, and you don't see that because I was like, you know, honestly, that was probably Davis Mills esque, you know, seeing that type of regression because Davis Mills was not good this year. I mean, he tried his hardest, but it, it was not good to the Texans in general. They won't be good for about 10, 15 years, I imagine, but that's a discussion probably for another time. Um, did you guys want to go ahead and say anything? Oh, Logan, we have our first song of the day. Logan, do you have a song of the day for us today? Give me one second, sorry. Um, my song oh, no, of the day is going to be... Is it YFN Lucci? <laughs> my song <laughs> of the day is going to be Pray For Me by Kendrick Lamar on the weekend. And when was that song dropped, if you have any kind of little background on it, why it's important to you, you know? Um, yeah, it, it was part of the Black Panther album. The first one uh, came out, I think, I want to say 2018. Um, that album was, you know, executive produced by Kendrick Lamar and, and The Weeknd and stuff. But it's, you know, great album, great song. So, yeah, you guys have to go check it out. Like I said, Pray For Me by The Weeknd and Kendrick Lamar. Hey, thank you, man. I appreciate that. I definitely will. And, uh, Caden, do you have anything else to say? Same with you, Brady. Do you want to uh, shout out anything? Shout out anyone? I mean, absolute, absolute great show. Um, I did want to shout out uh, a, a young, aspiring athlete, uh, Shaquan Williams. He's a D-tackle uh, out of Notre Dame Athletics, not the Notre Dame Academy, but Notre Dame Athletics. Um, when he was in college, his, uh, his D2, he held the D2, um, uh, he was the leader, sack leader for his class in, in D2 when he graduated uh, with 20 sacks, 20 sacks and I believe 64 tackles. And uh, he, he, is, he is a free agent trying to, trying to find a way in the XFL and the USFL. So if anyone's watching, uh, please, you know, uh, give my man a shout. Uh, help him, help him get, help him find his, uh, help him chase his bag, help him get into whatever league he can find. Do you have his Twitter by chance? Uh, it is the real, uh, uppercase T, the, all one, all one letter, uppercase T, the, uppercase R, real, uppercase S, Shawan, and it's uh, Shawan Williams, D tackle. Shout out, shout out, Brady. Anything you want to say in our final minutes? Uh, I just want to say uh, we had a great show. Um, uh, I'm very, I'm looking forward, very looking, very looking forward to um, our um, mock draft. Whenever we are going to do that uh, next week, the week after that, uh, I'm excited for our mock draft. I believe we're all going to pick a division, right? Yes, sir. That's actually going to be episode three, January 31st. We're going to have our mock drafts for round one, including trades. Um, thank you, Brady, for that. I appreciate that. Um, and I want to shout out Shady, Sport, uh, Shady Sports Network on Twitter. Uh, great guy over there. I appreciate him. Uh, done a lot of work with him on Twitter. He's been helping me out, gaining a little following on there. So I appreciate that, man. Um, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. I really appreciate it. This has been a great show. Uh, this was episode two of Tea Time. Thank you, everyone, again, for stopping in. And hopefully you guys had a good time. We We always do. Uh, Pops, you can go ahead and close it down. Thanks. Ladies and gentlemen, these programs have been brought to you each and every night of the week. In grateful appreciation to the men and women of the United States Armed Forces, the men and women police fire services. When you're out there and you see somebody in uniform, please acknowledge them. Let them know you know they're there. Not everybody in the uniform is bad. Please do your best to let them know you, that you know that you would they're there. Good night. God bless and have a great week. Shemarek ma'ilama, Shemahezahilma, Sona Shenevorat Fed, Hakuig again ma'ilama.
with Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.